You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the November 2017 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the bootcamp news that we read about at Course Report this November. And there was definitely a lot. Did y'all see that Carly Kloss is on the cover of Forbes for 30 Under 30? Yeah, for her work getting women into coding. Yes, so very nice. Cool. Um, what else did we talk about this month, ladies? Well, we are going to touch on the status of the bootcamp industry and where we're at with student outcomes reporting. We're going to look at a couple of grants and some pretty major fundraisers. We'll also talk about how cities are training untapped talent, and we've got examples of how this is working really well, and we also have some examples where it's not working out that great. Um, We'll also share some of the student profiles that we read about. And of course, we'll talk about new campuses, new schools. And then we're also going to share our favorite pieces to work on this month for the Course Report blog. And just a reminder that all of the links to these articles are available on our blog now. And also, it's almost the end of the year, which is insane. Um, So be sure to tune in next month for our end of the year podcast. We're going to recap 2017 and talk about the trends that we expect to see unfold in 2018. So let's dive in. Um, As we mentioned last month, we are kind of at an interesting point with student outcomes. Maybe you could give us a super brief synopsis of that. What's happening? Yeah, for sure. So we've got SEER, which is the Council on Integrity and Results Reporting. That's a collection of about 35 schools with a common framework to report outcomes. Uh, But there are still some schools that are releasing outcomes in a different format, in their own format. Flatiron School is one of those. And right before they announced their acquisition by WeWork earlier uh, last month, it was announced that the Attorney General of New York was fining them for misadvertising their outcomes, not saying that their outcomes were false, uh, just that they were not clearly and conspicuously advertised. So the most recent addition to this timeline is a new set of New York City guidelines. Imogen, do you want to tell us about those? Yeah, so New York City officials have released a report called Key Practices for Accelerated Tech Training. And that lays out a dozen or so guidelines for coding schools to follow, which includes promoting transparency, helping students to land paid internships, connecting them with jobs, and offering fair loan options. And so far, Full Stack Academy, General Assembly, and New York Code and Design Academy have signed on to follow the guidelines. And the report was compiled by the Tech Talent Pipeline. And Tech Talent Pipeline Director Lauren Anderson said that Quote, the quality of bootcamp providers varies considerably. We wanted to pull together an inventory of the 12 key practices that are really essential in order to help them focus on improving job prospects, end quote. Yeah, just to be clear, these are not like reporting standards, uh, but they're pretty good, uh, pretty common sense, key best practices. And WinCode in Florida also just put out their 2017 outcomes report. They haven't signed on to these NYC standards, but BizJournal reports on the outcomes. 
Well, I hate for all of our news to be about Flatiron School, but along these lines, uh, Forbes dove into the WeWork Flatiron School acquisition a bit more this month. Mike Montgomery wrote for Forbes about the blurring between school and work. uh, And the first physical impact of that acquisition is that Flatiron School has now announced a new campus at the WeWork in DC. uh, And that came to us from American Inno. And not to talk too much about WeWork, but it looks like WeWork is actually about to buy meetup.com as well, which is huge in the bootcamp space. So, you know, just a ton of huge moves by WeWork, which is they're clearly doubling down on that idea that, you know, work and life, education, even health and fitness uh, are all going to be a part of their customers' life cycle. That's really interesting you mentioned the WeWork collaboration, Liz, because I read in Technically Brooklyn this month that Notel, which is a co-working space, is partnering with Galvanize. So technically, Brooklyn reports that Notel and Galvanize um, in this partnership seems to be an explicit customer acquisition tactic. Galvanize's co-working members will be directed to Notel's offices as they grow in size, while Notel will, will send smaller companies that may be better matched for co-working um, spaces to Galvanize. So Notel members will also have access to Galvanize classes and events. So an interesting partnership there. Cool. Very cool. And then this is kind of interesting news. Two former executives of the Iron Yard, which is a boot camp that closed down earlier this year, are opening a new coding school at an old Iron Yard campus in Durham, North Carolina. This new school is called Momentum Learning, and they've already raised $400,000 in funding. They're currently hiring staff, and their three-month-long courses are expected to start in spring 2018. Momentum's new CEO is Jessica Mitch, who was the Iron Yard's Executive Director of Growth and Strategic Partnerships, and she says, quote, where Iron Yard failed, Momentum will excel, end quote. Yeah, it seems like they're going to focus more on local students and, and not try to expand nationwide. So, yeah, very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. I'm interested to see where Momentum will go. So... Each month, we use this roundup to gauge how the media is feeling about tech jobs and coding boot camps. So what did we see in November? So there were a number of articles this month about the constant and increasing demand for tech skills. The Post-Gazette, My Statesman, and CBS all looked at research which shows that more and more jobs are requiring digital skills. They were looking at a report by the Brookings Institution, which found that in 2016, more than 32 million U.S. workers had jobs requiring a high level of digital skills which is compared with just 6 million in 2002. Um, The report found that almost all job industries, including construction, now require more digital skills and that people using digital skills in their jobs tend to make more money. Do they think that coding boot camps are going to help that situation? Yeah, so tech.co looks in general at the demand for digital skills and how that demand has actually helped spawn the coding boot camp industry. And then the Post-Gazette looks at the tech hire initiative and how coding boot camps are helping get people into more digital jobs in Pittsburgh. An EdSearch columnist, Amy Ahern, wrote that we don't need more alternatives to college and suggests that instead we need supplements to college. She shares that it doesn't have to be an either-or proposition where students need to choose between traditional universities or startup programs like boot camps and nano degrees. Rather, 
the best chance for students is for them to take place in educational models that prepare them for the future and combine the best of university learning with bursts of career-focused training, such as the Trilogy Education Model. We've talked about Trilogy Education a lot on this podcast, um, and they are creating boot camps within universities. She also mentions the new learning models from Braven and AMO Academy, which are building scalable education ventures that connect low-income youth to career-accelerating opportunities in the United States and Pakistan. Yeah, I love that piece. And to that extent, IBM was in the news this month. They were talking about why IBM wants to hire employees that don't have four-year college degrees. So their CEO, Jenny Rometty, wrote a column for USA Today about how these quote unquote, new collar jobs are hard to fill, but they don't necessarily require advanced education or a college degree. So one alternative she writes about is this IBM designed public high school that combines traditional curriculum with tech and real world job experience. Very cool. Uh, In fact, she says that one third of IBM's employees do not have a four year degree, but what they do have is relevant skills that uh, they often got through vocational training. And then CNBC spoke with IBM's vice president of talent, Joanna Daly, uh, and she kind of clarified that. She said that coding boot camps are one example of this vocational training. So Daly says she actually likes to see hands-on experience, and she likes to see that you've taken the initiative to learn technical skills. Uh, of course, she also wants you to like have a good point of view about the industry and be really passionate about this field. But I thought that was really nice advice from a huge, you know, HR exec at a gigantic company like IBM. Yeah, the employer's perspective is so interesting and important for for us to look at. Um, And I read a guest post by Signifier co-founder Steve Davis in App Developer magazine. And he says that people from non-traditional backgrounds can provide more diverse ideas and change how the industry thinks. Um, Steve gives an example of an English literature PhD grad who learned how to program and is now one of the most productive developers that he has hired at Signifier. Steve also says that he finds these engineers with non-engineering backgrounds often come up with more creative solutions and have better communication skills. Very nice. Thanks, Imogen. Alyssa Mazina of Stack Overflow gives advice on how to know if you should go to a boot camp or not. Um, And she talks about the three main things that you should consider. Um, Number one, if you're just starting out in your career and you're a recent college grad, boot camps could be a really good option. Um, Number two, if you're transitioning careers and really ready to make a pivot. And then number three, if you're ready to go solo and you want to start freelancing or starting a company. So that's a really good um, overview of different ideas for why you should attend a coding boot camp. Yeah, great advice. In addition to the WeWork Flatiron acquisition, we're continuing to see investments and funding going into coding boot camps and tech education. Lauren, can you tell us about Kenzie Academy's latest fundraising? Yeah, so Kenzie Academy has raised $1.6 million in, in a seed round from investors, including 500 startups, Rethink Education, and Learn Start. Kenzie Academy will be launching its first six month front end development cohort of 24 students this January in Indianapolis. So, congrats to them. Well, this isn't a fundraise, but Google.org is donating $1 million to the Hidden Genius Project in Oakland, which helps mentor young Black men into tech. So Hidden Genius won the 2015 Google Impact Challenge, and they used that $500,000 $500,000 grant to reach 1,700 Bay Area students. Uh, they have this 15 month intensive computer science and entrepreneurship boot camp. So 
you know, that was $500,000. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with another million dollar grant. They say that they are going to train more staff and grow into new cities. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, that sounds like a great initiative. And then Singapore Coding Bootcamp Upcode Academy has raised $220,000 in seed funding. This academy offers classes in data science, machine learning, and hardware engineering, and it's taught by working professionals. CoPlatoon has received a $100,000 grant from the Boeing Corporation to help expand its program staff and increase recruitment in education initiatives. I'm going to quote the executive director of CoPlatoon, and he says, We are honored to receive this grant from Boeing. With this funding, we will be able to grow our program and offer more Chicago-based veterans the opportunity to become software developers. Those are some amazing fundraisers and grants. I think a lot of schools are still bootstrapped, but it's really interesting to see what a bootcamp can do with these kind of investments. So for a few months now, we've continued to see stories about how bootcamps are having a positive effect in areas which are not traditional tech hubs. And in many of these areas, cities are partnering with bootcamps. So Liz, tell us what's happening in the heartland cities. Yeah, so this trend kind of started with tech hire, where communities and cities started to partner with boot camps and even large companies to develop that talent pipeline. And Byron August, who was a deputy director in Obama's White House and is now the CEO of Opportunity at Work, wrote this piece for VentureBeat and looked at how companies in heartland cities like Kansas City, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Detroit can all grow their tech economies by tapping into what he calls the capable but overlooked and underrepresented tech talent pools that are right in their backyard. Um, I think this piece is spot on. It's something that we all need to be giving more thought to. So uh, while we'll talk about it today, I totally recommend that everybody go read Byron's full full piece in Venture Beat. And Byron gave some good examples, right? What were they? Yeah, he does have great examples. So for example, the city of Detroit partners with a training provider called Grand Circus and an employer, Quicken Loans, and they offer a free six-week programming boot camp. And then in the city of Birmingham, Alabama, they've partnered with Innovate Birmingham and a coding boot camp called Covalence to train and place more than 300 individuals into tech jobs. So Liz, wasn't there another piece that talked about expansion of tech into smaller cities? Yeah, so this was in Curbed, which I think of Curbed kind of as a real estate blog. Uh, but Patrick Sisson from Curbed wrote a really nice piece that supports Byron's. He says that we are in a second industrial revolution, and he goes through the research that shows that technology is obviously changing society. Um, but he suggests that you know education and local economic development initiatives are not keeping pace with that. Um, we talked about that Brookings Institute report earlier, uh, and one of the solutions that CSIN suggests is that cities should be expanding training and apprenticeship programs. Um, they can like subsidize slots at uh, private digital boot camps and coding schools and obviously support organizations. He suggests Black Girls Code. I love that suggestion. Uh, and, you know, hackathons that encourage and support diversity in tech. So I was very happily surprised to see this piece in Curbed. Yeah, and while those are really important suggestions, I want to point out a story we read about from Pittsburgh. WYMT and CBS profiled students who had a negative experience studying at Mind Mines, a coding bootcamp in Pittsburgh, which helps former coal miners transition from mining to coding. So two students went through the bootcamp and started their four-month apprenticeships there when they graduated, but both have said that they were laid off after less than two weeks. 
Um, and now Mind Minds is closing down after the state issued a cease and desist letter unless they became licensed as a school in Pennsylvania. The reporter who wrote this CBS piece actually went and tried to talk to um, some staff from Mind Minds, and one employee said that he thought that the miners had stopped, had actually just stopped coming to class because they thought coal mining was coming back. Interesting. Well, that's a very specific example. There was also another kind of specific example, uh, another piece in Boston Inno this month. And it wasn't really about coding boot camps, but it pointed out that there are all of these boot camps for um, refugees, which are really cool. We often talk about them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that those refugees like have work visas or can actually work in the countries where they're learning. So I think the lesson that we can kind of take from uh, all of these very specific examples is that skills are great and technical skills are, you know, great on face, but without the pipeline to steady work and employment, they don't really solve any like deep rooted social or hiring issues, right? Yeah, I check out that Boston Inno piece because it gives a realistic perspective on the impact of policies impacting how we work. So Swiss Info highlights how coding schools are popping up in Switzerland. Since boot camps can be a fast track way to in-demand jobs and attract people from all walks of life, there are some boot camps focused on specifically helping refugees um, looking for career changes in Switzerland. At Propulsion Academy and Power Coders, many of the students have similar goals to their refugee counterparts. Um, they want to find internships and they want to work at in this growing industry. The research from IWSB, which is the Basel Institute for Economic Research, showed that the sector is continuing to grow at an above average rate. And it concluded on the basis of today's educational scenarios, it's not possible to cover the high demand for skilled workers currently in Switzerland. So that's why coding boot camps are aiming to solve this problem. This is a really good piece and it gives a good overview of the tech demand in Switzerland and the road ahead. All right, let's hear some student stories. Did any bootcampers get profiled around the internet this month? Yeah, actually, a Gainesville Dev Academy student wrote about her own experience for the Gainesville Sun. She talks about how it took time for her to build confidence in herself growing up, and she had a strong fear of failure. But when she went to Gainesville Dev Academy, she learned that failure is actually important in order to grow. A Grace Hopper program grad writes about her job hunting experience for Hacker Noon. She interviewed with 45 companies and received four offers, and now she works at the New York Times. So definitely check out this piece if you want to learn about her job search approach and the tools she used to land the new job in tech. Technically, DC profiled a student at Coding Dojo, Alser Magruder, who was a model in New York for years, but he said that he wanted to make an impact in tech. He was Sick of being a pretty face, he wanted to be a pretty mind also. Um, and he was interested in cryptocurrency, AI, and cybersecurity. So he moved to DC and went to Coding Dojo. And in three months, he's going to start working as a Python developer with Syntelligent Solutions. So congrats to Alsar. Yeah, nice one. And then the Vancouver Sun profiles a man who managed to escape poverty and a homeless shelter by taking a free five-week, 11-hour-per-day intensive coding boot camp. And then when he graduated, he earned a scholarship to continue studying and then found a job as a senior technical support analyst. Wow, that's an amazing story, and it shows how boot camps are actually changing and improving people's lives. What boot camps were in the news this month? Well, okay, so we see a lot of intense headlines uh, in our news alerts, but this one definitely caught my eye. Uh, the headline was, Coding School Wants to Stop People from Joining ISIS. 
which is intense. Uh, so let's listen to a bit of that CNN story. Ibrahim Ouassari was born in Molenbeek to Moroccan parents. He knows how much of a struggle it is economically for young people in this area. He was devastated by what he learned about his neighbors and fearful the label Jihadi Central would only become even more of a self-fulfilling prophecy, so he decided to teach what he knows how to do best, coding, opening a community center called Molen Geek. We don't need people with a lot of skills. We need people who want to share, want to be a real part of this community. They want to learn, want to change something in their life. So part of the reason Molen Geek started is to build that community and help prevent locals from becoming radicalized uh, in this town. And Molen Geek is free to students, but graduates come back to teach and support the community. It seems like a very, uh, very strong uh kind of community organization. Uh, they have funding from Samsung, Google, and they also have support from the Belgium government. And then GeekWire profiled tech apprenticeship program Apprenti, which matches qualified applicants with tech companies and provides free coding instruction through coding boot camps. Apprenti places apprentices with companies like Microsoft, Amazon, and Accenture, and has received grants from the U.S. Department of Labor, Washington State Labor, and J.P. Morgan Chase. Apprentice founder Jennifer Carlson says she is aiming to place 600 apprentices by 2020, which is, you know, a really great goal. And this is actually a really long article and profiles a number of successful apprentice grads. So I really recommend reading it if you're interested more about how apprentice actually works. Yeah, I'm works. really a fan of apprentice, so that's great. So Mina FM profiles a school called Reboot Camp for refugees in Amman, Jordan. It's a four-month program which covers soft skills and coding skills, and it offers deferred tuition until graduates find a job. Hugh Bosley, who is the founder of Reboot Camp, quotes, We are using technology to create a generation of peace builders to combat extremism, early marriage, and terrorism through coding and programming. Well, the Africa report covered Andela, which we've talked about before. They looked at the story of Tolu Komolafe. This young woman faced a challenge that I think a lot of folks face. It's pretty universal. She went to college, but she was trained in outdated technologies, and she graduated with this skill set that just wasn't preparing her for the real world. So she enrolled at Andela in 2014, and she's now an engineer at Everplans. Uh, she also works for Andela. But this piece looks deeper at the impact that Andela is having on the African continent. Uh, because of mobile technology, African countries are coming online really quickly. So there's a need that you know Andela is addressing. But this piece also wonders. Um, you know, if Andela is placing grads with companies like Microsoft and IBM in the United States, that raises this question, like, are they really contributing to Africa's brain drain? So that's one large question. But Charles Edom, who wrote this piece, also highlights that there's a ripple effect of developer communities that are being spawned in cities where Andela operates. So, uh, you know, some some good and some bad, but definitely two arguments to think about. Yeah, Andela is it's kind of expanding in a rapid pace. I was chatting to someone who works there the other day and she said that they just partnered with their first New Zealand company. That's cool. Yeah, Andela seems neat. Okay, and then ABC4 Utah did a profile of Dev Mountain, which I thought had a slightly sexist headline because it said Provo-based software school turns regular Joes into tech professionals. You know, what about the Joannas out there? <laughs> Yeah, um, what about the joke? Um, and then the Herald Extra also looked at how Dev Mountain is launching two new Salesforce courses, 
one for developers and one for administrators. Very neat. Well, we found out a bit more about WASU this month, the online bootcamp with Steve Wozniak's brand on it. eLearning Inside pointed out a few things. Uh, first, that it's described as being part of the Southern Careers Institute, a for-profit educational institution. Uh, one of its offerings is a software developer curriculum that's made up of various web technologies. It takes 33 weeks to complete which the article points out makes that WASU offering seem like kind of a rebranding of the same Southern Careers Institute program. Uh, And then also there's just kind of a lack of information about actual tuition costs. And so there's a little bit of skepticism around this. I'm not sure, maybe they like weren't ready to announce WASU when they actually did the, the PR push, but we'll continue sharing information as we hear it. And, you know, all of that aside, I think it seems like a very interesting, you know, attempt at a at an online school, and it's got some pretty cool names behind it. And then we've got a few new schools and campuses this November. Uh, do you want to talk about them? Yeah, according to suncommercial.com, South Bend Code School is expanding to Fort Wayne and Goshen. And according to Upwork, Ironhack is looking for a new lead instructor. We'll include the link in the final edition of this podcast. Business Wire shares that San Diego-based Origin Code Academy is switching to a blended learning model where all instruction is going to be online with periodic in-class courses. And then AFR.com looks at Australian College RMIT University and how they are rolling out Apple's app development and Swift curriculum which includes an intensive vocational bootcamp-like course taught via an online platform. This curriculum is also being taught at community colleges around the U.S. and a number of overseas institutes, including RMIT and also the University of Naples in Italy. Straight.com announced that Canadian-based bootcamp Lighthouse Labs is launching a new part-time front-end fundamentals course for people who work full-time to boost digital skills of managers, marketers, and designers. And then something cool that I read is that graduates of Deep Dive Coding Bootcamp can now receive their completion certificates via blockchain ledgers. This is kind of interesting because if you know anything about Bitcoin or blockchain, you'll understand that how using blockchain ledgers helps avoid the risk of forgeries and will allow grads to provide easily verifiable credentials to potential employers. According to Philly Mag and Philly Biz Journals, uh, Trilogy Bootcamp is opening at the University of Pennsylvania. That'll be Trilogy's 28th partnership. The Augusta Chronicle announced that a new bootcamp is launching in Augusta, Georgia. Code Bootcamp is a three-month web development course. Classes are full-time starting February 5th to May 10th, and the application deadline is December 3rd. Okay, so cool to hear about all those new campuses, new courses. Um, Lauren, do you want to tell us about the new schools that we added to Course Report in November? Yes, there were two new boot camps added this month, and they were Burlington Code Academy in Burlington, Vermont, and then Bogota Boot Camp in Bogota, Colombia. Amazing. Well, welcome to Burlington Code Academy and Bogota Boot Camp. Well, that was a ton of great news from November. So to wrap up, let's talk about our favorite articles that we wrote on the Course Report blog. Imogen, what was your favorite? Well, I really enjoyed talking to Dustin at Allstate Insurance about why he has hired six grads from the designation UX UI bootcamp in Chicago. He explained to me why insurance companies need UX designers, which I had no idea about. And he also told me how he mentors designation students while they are still studying. What about you, Liz? What was your favorite? 
Well, I got to chat with Jeff Casimir from Turing School about this question that we hear all the time, uh, what is an application stack? But then this conversation actually really evolved into so much more. So Jeff walks us through how an application gets developed from business requirements to front end to back end to data and ops. And then he tells us how to decide you know, which part of the stack is right for you and which types of jobs you can get if you specialize in each part of the stack. It's like the perfect primer to anybody who's wondering what programming language they should learn or just like wants a good overview of what the tech ecosystem kind of looks like right now. Uh, So I I recommend that to anyone. Yeah, I really like that piece. It was so interesting. And everyone should check out that video. It's on YouTube and also on our blog. And then Lauren, what was your favorite piece this month? I really liked listening to Liz moderate the Building Diversity and Bootcamps podcast. It was a really great listen. She joined the COO of Flatiron School and a Flatiron School grad who is now a Spotify iOS engineer, Susan Lavaglio. It's such an important conversation about getting into untapped communities and training people with a lot of potential but little access to tech. So definitely listen to this podcast or read the write-up on the blog. Yay! I loved talking to both Christy and Susan. They were amazing women. And Susan has a ton of really great advice for people that are going through a boot camp as well. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you listening and we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. And we will see you next month on the Course Report Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Bye. Bye.